the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There is an illegal immigrant that's crossing the border that no one in this country, let alone Southern California, is aware of. And we're going to talk about that illegal immigrant today, Greg. My name is Don Dix. I'm the chapter leader of the Corona chapter of Act for America and my co-host on the Unite IE radio show, Greg Britton. Greg. Uh, we have some great guests today that you're going to introduce in just a moment. And uh, on, the Im- on the issue of immigration which is right. on the border and otherwise is uh, the most important issue we face because it determines all other issues. We're going to be talking immigration, illegal immigration, border security, and a very surprise topic that most of the folks in our listening audience will probably have never heard about. And as you mentioned, we've got two very, very special in-studio guests today. Uh, the first is Terrence Shig. He's the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Local 1613, also a member of the United States Border Patrol, I should say an agent. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Great to have you. And also in the studio is Christopher Harris. He is the secretary and director of legislative and political affairs for the National Border Patrol Council, Local 1613, and also a U.S. Border Patrol agent, Terry. Uh, Terry, Christopher, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to be here, Don. We you. so appreciate what you guys do to keep our community safe. And there is a lot of stuff that folks here in Southern California don't know about what you do, don't know about the conditions you work under don't know a lot about the bad guys that you uh, get an opportunity to say hi to and give uh, what do you call handcuffs what's the uh, term what's the legal what's the restraint slang term for handcuffs oh just get up, up close up. and personal yeah so <laughs> hook them up so we you hook them up that's hey, it hey. that's it so we're going to go through all of that but i think let's start out with this um our president donald trump uh, made a big deal when he came down the escalator and the world was introduced to candidate Donald Trump about immigration and chants of build the wall echoed throughout all of his campaign events. And still, as he goes out and sees the public, build the wall can still be heard from time to time. Um, how excited are you that Hillary Clinton is not our president and that Donald Trump is? Well, our members are very excited about that. Every agent that we've talked to, the morale's definitely been up because of the over the last eight years, we've been kind of under an uh, oppressive policies, to say the least. And they've been non-reflective of the boots on the ground, the agents out there trying to protect this country. So, Don, you know, you asked about handcuffs earlier. Our, yeah. our guys have truly felt for, for many years that they were handcuffed from enforcing the laws that were properly passed by Congress, that are enacted, that are in force that they are charged with enforcing, that they take an oath to enforce, and they felt that they were handcuffed and prevented from doing so. Can you give us some examples of how that has been so under the uh, Obama administration? That would be one of the, I mean, anything from what, and I'll use some terms and explain them, the priority enforcement 
policies to catch and release. And what those meant were anytime we encountered someone and we arrested them, sometimes it take you three, four hours to track someone down. You have to go through a scuffle to get them because everybody isn't as compliant as they are on TV. <laughs> uh, and after that, you take them in, you do another two, three hours of paperwork only to hand in the paperwork, get everything completed and then be told, okay, well, turn them over to the detention and removal people and they will take them to the train station and let them go further north. So you just basically finished wow. the process for them. So that was how discouraging things were over the last eight years. We, we used to kid that we were, you know, working for free for the cartels or the, the smuggling organizations. We were, like you said, we were finishing, furthering their entry north. You actually facilitated their yeah. tr- their their pathway north. That's I, what I, it felt like. I, wow. I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example. Working a checkpoint one time on a detail, stopped a vehicle, and he had a, a person hidden in his vehicle, uh, arrested the, the, the individual, uh, processed him, and then um, we had to release him. And uh, I asked my supervisor, please, please don't make me be the one who drives him to his house. Um, wow. Because that would be rubbing salt in the moon. And, and the supervisor was kind enough to not make me, but we still gave him a ride okay. uh, back okay. to where he was. So since you guys are excited about Donald Trump being I take it you're not open border zealots. You're, you're not for open borders like the Hillary Clinton administration would have been. No, absolutely not. That, so, is, that is not one of our tenets. So you see the type of people that would like to come across the border and you realize that open border policies would be a national security disaster for our country. Correct. I mean, we are a nation of laws. We do have uh, borders and they are there for a reason. I talk about one of uh, the guys that I came in when I came in the patrol 20 years ago, he had been in for at least 10 years. One of uh, a very good stand-up guy is what we call him. And in his retirement speech, one of the things he says that rings true to most agents that you see is one of his journeymen, which is someone that was a little bit more experienced that kind of takes you under their wing when you come in, took him out to the border and had him face south. And he explained to him over the course of that day that the reason why we come out here is not because we hate the people in front of us, but because we love the people behind us. Wow, that's awesome. Now, as a as a union, I would imagine you guys get an opportunity to weigh in on policy, candidates, those sorts of things. Have, have you ever endorsed a president um, as a union? The National Border Patrol Council had never up until this point endorsed a candidate. Well, president. Up to this point. Yes. What do you mean? You Meaning before this presidential election, before a president elect or Donald Trump was a candidate, they had never as a union nominated or endorsed anyone. So what you're so you guys actually endorsed Donald Trump as president for the very first time. The Border Patrol Union, the National Border Patrol Council endorsed a president for office. Yes. Candidate. Yes. That was the first wow. time ever. So, I mean, there, there, I could tell you one easy reason. I mean, one of the reasons why they did that. And the, the, he looked us in the eyes, looked our national council in the eyes and said, I am going to consider you guys the subject matter experts on securing the border. And I'm going to speak with you when it comes to securing the border. I'm not going to talk to some Harvard professor or some attorney. It's going to be you guys. And I give the analogy of if you had a troubled school district and you were looking for a new superintendent to take it over and, and turn it around and that superintendent said, oh, you know what? I don't even talk to the teachers, though. You wouldn't hire them. That would be crazy. They're, you at least want their input. They're the subject matter experts on teaching kids to a point. So for never talking to us, the agents, the union, this is the first guy who said, I- I'm going to listen to you guys. And that was important to us. 
that is that that's that's a huge deal. And now that Donald Trump has been president for four or five months, we want to find out if that presidency, if 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 things have changed, the working conditions, the rules of engagement on the border, and then we also want to introduce our listening audience to the illegal immigrant that crosses the border in the San Diego sector that no one knows about. We're going to take a break and come back with our guests, Christopher Harris and Terrence Shig of the National Border Patrol Council when we return after a word from our sponsors. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE. Broker license number 01147747. And California Financiers Lenders license number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. NMLS 9873. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And when we've often talked about immigration, and we have two experts on at least the border security port of immigration, we have Terrence Schick, the National Border Patrol Council, Local 1613, and the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs, Christopher Harris, joining us in studio today to tell us what things are really like on the border and what needs to happen to secure our border. One of uh, Donald Trump's signature issues was to build a wall on the Mexican border. Do you think that's a good idea and would that help the situation? Look, we, we always think that infrastructure, be that a wall, barriers, the roadways that go with it, that they're helpful. They keep us safe and they make our job that much more effective. But going along with that, we don't think it's a zero-sum game. We also think that you need the technology, which is the cameras, infrared thermal devices, sensors, radios that work, because we have radios that we, we could see the person, we can't even talk to them. And then very important is the boots on the ground. It's a trite phrase, but it's true. You need the agents on the ground to respond and be in the area. So that's that kind of tripod you need. But certainly, certainly a barrier is always helpful to us. Do you have what you need in terms of uh, the technology and personnel? Absolutely not. What's, tell us what you do have and why it's deficient. I, I could talk about attrition a little bit. In using my station, the Imperial Beach Border Patrol Station, as an example, we've lost over 100 agents to attrition in the last year or so. So we have, we have t- specialized teams that we can't run anymore, uh, teams that monitor the coastline for pongas, which are Mexican fishing vessels, which would land with, with narcotics or, or, or people on them. So we don't have the manpower we need. We're, we're down woefully. We're below the statutory minimum, and we're, we're trending down. So manpower is, is crucially needed, and, and the, the technology at my station alone, we should have X amount of, of infrared or thermal cameras uh, to deploy in the field. 
we're down significantly. We, we, we have almost none right now. And so this is Vietnam era generation one equipment. Let's clarify a few things. Your station, what do you mean by your station geographically so people that are listening can get a fix on where Christopher Harris spends his day? So our, our station is the Imperial Beach Border Patrol Station, which is a station located in San Diego sector, one of the sectors that the, the United States is made of, of, of the Border Patrol. Uh, Imperial Beach Border Patrol sector is responsible. Its area of operations, its area of responsibility, runs from the San Ysidro Port of Entry, west about six miles to the ocean and then north uh 30 miles or so okay so for that sector you said you're down 100 what is proper staffing for that station for, for that station right. um because sectors are are subdivided into stations right. correct so for that station within the larger sector here in at the at the uh southern california border how many people should you have in order to properly guard the border from the bad guys look if i if i had santa claus that could bring them to me i i've seen what my management has put forward what they would like is 600 agents okay but i, I think we would gladly accept four or 450 um, but and, and I, I know they, they 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 think to do the job, the 100% of the way should be done, 600 agents. And you're at what now? Right. A little over 300. You mentioned, a lot of a, cow. you mentioned a lot of attrition, 100 yeah. in the last year. What's going on? Is this retirement? People are they're getting injured? They're just demoralized and leaving? What's, what's going on there? It's a little bit. I'd say all of the above. That's something that we've been speaking on for years. And with the current administration, at least somebody's it's hearing. Uh, before, it just seems like we were speaking in the wind. But our attrition rate has always been low. That's why Congress mandated a floor for us. They said we had to have a certain amount of agents when we did the big buildup years ago. And that was about 21,000. We're about 1,200 below that and still dropping. Everybody knows that we're low and we've been going down for, for years. The things that affect us more so than other law enforcement agencies is you got to realize Border Patrol, we work in areas that people don't even want to live in. So it makes it harder for us to recruit. Uh, another hit to us is our pay scale has changed into where our guys actually lost pay to in order to ensure other avenues of pay, such as their retirement, their other basic things that we had. Uh, and then you add into that the actual morale around enforcement. For years, we were pretty much handcuffed, as Chris said. So if an agent who is making less, living in a location that no one wants to live in, and can't get to a good location, obviously, when you ramp up and you say you want to hire 5,000 ICE agents who ICE tempered mostly works in big cities where there's plenty of hospitals and schools for their families, most of our, a lot of our guys are going to go to those. So that factors into our attrition rate. They go to other agencies. When I was going through the academy 20 years ago, it wasn't uncommon for agents to get to the end of the academy and then get recruited by another agency before they even made it. We to call a that poaching. Then they would poach from us. Okay. And so ICE has said, I, I gave a tour the other day with an ICE official. He wanted a union tour uh, from San Diego, and they expect out of the 10,000 they've been told that they need to hire under, under President uh, Trump, they expect to hire between three and 5,000, more of the 5,000 from the U.S. Border Patrol. The guy that's in charge of ICE right now is a former Border Patrol agent. They know our work ethic. They know how hard we work. They know how qualified we are. So there might be 5,000 of our guys in the next couple of years going to ICE. Wow. So you have right now, I think the numbers that you used while we were prepping for the show were somewhere in the vicinity of twenty to 21,000 now? We're supposed to be at 21,000. We're around 19. So it, with losing 5,000, that means you're down at 14. And I would assume some of the 300 that you have... Uh, at the sector, I'm sorry, the station down there at, at uh, the Imperial Beach area, 
some of those guys might end up we, getting we just away. Lo- we just lost one the other day that went to ice. Wow. Besides manpower, what else is it that you need that you have not been getting in order to do your job at the border? Keep the bad guys out and, you know, keep us safe. So, I mean, the manpower is one. Right. Uh, Continue to upgrade to infrastructure. Even areas that has infrastructure, we can always upgrade it. Um, But it's the technology. We have radios that we've been talking about for years. And we just asked Chief Ron Vitello the other day about... When are they going to get fixed? And he said, well, you know, like 15 years. So we, we, it's, it's, it's our life that's on the line. And, and the fear is you're, you're bleeding out somewhere and you're trying to call for help because we work by ourselves. We don't work in pairs. That's right. And so and you saw that when you were on the border. Right. And so you, we have radios that you can't call out on. People can't hear you or you come across as digital or garbled. And can you imagine what it might be like if you're lying there and you've been shot and you're bleeding out and nobody can hear you? So how about giving us radios that work? And then the other stuff, like we said, we, we need the, the, the quality cameras, the thermal imaging devices, the IR devices, that stuff we need. And some of that the military has, but there seems to be a roadblock getting it from the military to us. So wait, you're telling me that the people that want to cross the border, the uh, members of the cartel, the criminals that are on the Tijuana side of the border, don't just cross during the day? They they They... they they actually cross at night, too? I know it's shocking. I know it's shocking. They cross on holidays. They cross on Christmas. They cross... At, I mean, and, and all kidding aside, when we have heavy fogs, which we get down there, we call it a fog event. We have to put in Operation Fog Cutter, where we get agents from all over sector, making them shorthanded there to come up and get up close and personal with the fence. Right. Because they cross by the hundreds then, even though normally it's much, much less than that. But in a fog event or heavy rain... They cross like it's going out of crazy. I they mean, know they can get them across in that weather. The day I was down there, there was a marine layer that started 50 yards out in the ocean. You couldn't see beyond that. And so it's theoretical that somebody could get in a little, you know, grab a surfboard, go out, hide in the fog, come in somewhere north of the border. Surfboards, jet skis, that type of thing, yes. Yeah, and you speak to one of the things that we talk about also as far as the water. We don't have the – the Border Patrol doesn't have its own boats in this sector that handle those types of things. We have to work with other agencies to deal with those issues. Which you used to. Yes, we used to. But that was taken away from you. Yes, that was taken away from us. We used to have, uh, we used to have air assets. We used to have uh, marine assets, and they were all part of the Border Patrol. So anytime we needed something, they were responsive to us. They, were, they knew the area. Those things have gone away. I want to find out a little bit about the types of actors that you guys have to deal with on a daily basis that are crossing the borders. Who are these people that cross uh, the border? What's the threat that the Border Patrol has to deal with? These guys that are traveling in one. And as you mentioned, I went down on the tour and I was actually shocked to find out that you got guys traveling the border solo. One person in the cars on the ATVs. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the people that you that you deal with, and then also going to tease again this illegal immigrant that's crossing the border that nobody knows about. That's a possibly an even greater threat to not just the agents on the border, but the entire community of Southern California. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman, the Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. 
just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We are honored and privileged to have two guys in studio with us that are part of the thin green line that keeps us safe, especially for us border states. We have Christopher Harris, who's the director of legislative and political affairs for the National Border Patrol Council, also a national border patrol I'm sorry, a U.S. Border Patrol agent himself, and Terrence Shig, don't call me Terry, uh, <laughs> also of the National Border Patrol Council. He's the president and also a U.S. Border Patrol agent. What, I, as you mentioned, I had an opportunity to go down and take a tour. And, you know, anybody that uh, is, is in a position to really understand what's going on in the border should take this tour. Um, and I encourage uh, anyone in our listening audience that is involved in uh, any level of uh, political engagement should probably get down there and see this. Um, along the border, as we were driving, you were talking about the guys that stay perched up in trees that are scoping you out, that occasionally you have snipers on the other side. Um, that, And you gave me some statistics that a certain percentage of the guys that are crossing the border are hardened criminals. Tell us about the people that your agents run into that are actively trying to cross the border. So, I mean, along the southwest border, I think the number is probably in the 30% range that out of the people they catch are criminal aliens. And criminal aliens are somebody who have aggravated felons to their history, have done time in the U.S., have done time in in Mexico. Uh, So that's what we consider like a criminal alien. They they have a criminal background. So three out of every 10 people that cross the border, odds are... It could be somebody that's armed, somebody that, you know, isn't just going to go peacefully into the night with your agents hooking them up in handcuffs. And that's just people that have already have a U.S. criminal record. Never mind when they have a criminal record in Mexico or Guatemala or wherever. Right. Yeah. So on the U, on, on the t- where my station is, and, and then the station next to me is the Chula Vista station, um, because of the unique location right north of Tijuana, and that's where people get deported when they're actually ordered deported by an immigration judge, they're deported down in that area, the San Isidro area. Uh, they come from L.A., they're gangbangers and, and whatnot. The rate of people we catch in that area is extremely high as far as criminal aliens. That, that's sometimes up to 70% of the people we catch. Really? One of the first things I'll ask people if it's a young man is, who do you bang with? Because chances are they're tatted up, and, and they're pretty proud of it, and they'll tell you what gang they're associated with. So that's a question I ask them all, all the time. So, so these guys that finally do get deported, these criminal aliens, they take them down to that border, San Ysidro, where we, you know, cross the border and declare when we're coming back, what we're bringing back, you know, seven bottles of tequila or whatever it exactly. is we're bringing. That's where these guys get dropped off just on the other side of that? Yes. And so as I was down there, there's a portion of this that's a riverbed that doesn't even have a fence that there were people that were walking around. One night, they could literally walk down there, walk up that riverbed, and get back into the U.S.? Well, as you saw, there was an agent sitting there. Right. And that's a position we call, and we don't like them, but it's called a hard X. That agent, there has to be an agent there 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And and that agent is the the wall. That's the green wall. 
without that agent there, they would flood in through that area, the Tijuana River Channel. Right. Um, and, and as you notice, when you were on the tour, right behind us was Los Americas, the mall outlet. I mean, like 10 yards just on the other side. And there's just a little spiral, uh, what do you call it, razor wire and a, and a chain link fence. Yeah, so there's not much there behind the agent. <laughs> so that agent is is what's preventing what allows that that mall to have been built. The, the developers had told us they could never have done that if we didn't gain control of that area. So that's an area we'd love to have a wall or fence there, but because the the, the, the terrain it's a river flowing into U.S. Right. We can't. So you have to have an agent that sits there all the time. Two years ago, they pushed through a group of 200. I remember that, and uh, it was planned. We 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 traced it back to to Mexico City and, and some other areas. Um, and it, I think the hope was that we would shoot into the crowd. So it had some women and children mixed in, but it was mostly bad guys. Again, criminal aliens. Right. They were throwing rocks and bottles at our guys, and they showed remarkable restraint. They did not shoot into the crowd. And it's a numbers game. I mean, they know it just as well as anybody right. else that multiple times that they keep trying and keep trying that eventually they hopefully they'll get through. Um, we just had an incident in the Imperial Beach area where – it was publicized because the person had been deported up to seven times, then got into a car accident and severely injured a child while he was driving drunk. That individual had been deported several times before oh this incident. And there's no, there's no penalty. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen to him is they're going to get sent back to try again. So much of this story that we still yes. need to unpack. Yes. And you guys stay with us for the second half of the show? Of course. Awesome. We're talking to Christopher Harris and Terrence Sheig. They're both members of the National Border Patrol Council and, in their own right, U.S. Border Patrol agents, giving us a behind-the-scenes look at what these guys have to deal with. There is an illegal immigrant that crosses the border multiple times a year that most people have never heard about. We're going to get into that after the break. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office. And we are so pleased today to be joined by two experts on border security. They are agents in the U.S. Border Patrol. And we have Terrence Shig, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Local 1613, and the director of legislative affairs for the local, uh, Christopher Harris, joining us in studio today. Tell us what the situation on the border is, what the, what they need to secure the border. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Joining us. Good to be here. And it's important to note that you guys are here in your capacity as leaders within the union, speaking on behalf of the union. Yes, that's true. Excellent. Good to have you. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Well, Don, you've been you've been teasing about this unknown illegal immigrant. I know. For, for, for the I? entire for the entire show, it's about time to put you up. You think or we shut should do yeah. the big reveal yeah. right now? Let people know. Okay. One of the things that we got a chance to do on our tour is to go through several areas of the border where there are man-sized tunnels that go through the border that are there to relieve rainfall, mostly. They're, that's their obvious purpose. You know, when it rains on both sides of the border, the water has to go someplace. It has to drain into the Tijuana River Channel. And so, you know, you've got these big tunnels in several different areas. However, there are times when there's no rain in sight, when it's blue skies above, and you guys have something that's flowing from the Mexico side of the border into the Tijuana River Basin, and it's not rainwater. What is it? It's it's either sewage and or it's polluted effluent. It's, it's two things. We get the raw sewage or partially treated sewage comes through from Mexico. But as you observed, when it's not even raining, we get these discharges that are flowing into the United States into certain areas where I took you, Smugglers Gulch, Goat Canyon, Yogurt Canyon. 
and it's it's toxic chemicals that are mixed in with this pollutants e coli the biologics are bad enough but it's the toxic chemicals that are really starting to scare us that we've been working in for years and didn't really know it heavy metals and things of that nature what happened to your one of your agents walked into that I and mean, what happened to his boots and feet so we've really been pushing the agents because our agents are kind of like the, the marine corps of, of federal law enforcement it's if anybody knows monty python and and the search for the holy grail guy's arms cut off and it's like it's a flesh wound well, our guys are like that and, <laughs> right. and they just i mean good analogy uh, yeah i'm just going to keep on you know do the mission is that all you've got <laughs> that's right and so you know what arms off. what is your favorite color <laughs> no so it, it's i'm glad somebody knows that thank you so uh, you know i'm older but i feel a little better now so that's we have to get past that and so we've really been pushing hey if you guys have been contaminated or infected or, or suffered some injuries from this report it and they started doing that now so they're sending us pictures, uh, and, and just recently the guy shows pictures, and his foot is, is his feet are burned. They're chemically burned. Wow. And, uh, you know, so I have several sets of pictures now that people have sent me, the agents, and they're starting to report. I think in the last month and a half we've had like 40 agents report that. And it's chemical stuff. You could tell. Some's infections, but a lot of it is, is obviously chemical burns. Um, and, and recently we had a supervisory agent who was down in Goat Canyon where you were and where you smelled that. But it was flowing in really heavy the day he was there, and he was documenting it, videotaping it. And he had to go to the hospital because he started feeling burning in his lungs and lightheaded. And they said he most likely had methane uh, burns in his lungs. Wow. Is this stuff coming from illegal drug manufacturing, or is it coming from the uh, the foreign companies that are located across the board, the Macleodoras? It's the Macleodoras is a big part of it. Uh, they're, they're down there. There is absolutely you know, almost zero environmental laws. There is nobody to really enforce that. You said there are two... Uh, inspectors for the entire state of Baja. So I, I met with Wild Coast the other day, and they're actually a pretty good organization, and we're going to work together on this. And they were telling me there's two inspectors for the state of Baja. So they're dumping the stuff uh, just down through the canyons, and because Mexico uh, in that area is higher geographically than us, it flows downhill. So it's it's sewage because their sewage infrastructure is horrible. They're spending money on a desal plant, but not in for, you know, it's not sexy to put it into infrastructure. Uh, and nobody makes returns on putting money into infrastructure for the sewage. And it's also those Macadores dumping their chemicals because they truly don't care, and it flows into the United States. And, of course, when it does flow into the United States, Mexico thinks it's a lot less of a problem than if it was the reverse. So, I mean, I get asked if I think they're doing it deliberately. I don't make that leap, but I do think that they don't care. I mean, it's flowing right. to the U.S. Uh, we don't have to spend the money right now on, on, on the – I think the EPA said it's about $440 million they'd need just to catch up to where they are infrastructure-wise in Tijuana. Um, and so why spend the money? It's not a big deal. It's flowing into the U.S. And right now, that portion of Imperial Beach is actually closed right now, correct, to uh, people walking. I mean, it's not closed, but it's posted that there is raw sewage flowing into the beach. So even as we speak, for the last couple of months, that whole area has been shut down. So not only that area you saw, but up into the city of Imperial Beach. And I work with the mayor, Serge Dadina. And in fact, he just sent me an email uh, that his son was surfing and it got sick and has now had to take antibiotics. No way. There's another plume of sewage. Another area it comes from is up the coast. Uh, there's a plant down in, in uh, Baja, Punta, and I don't remember the name of it right now, but it, it's horrible. It doesn't work. And it dumps basically almost raw sewage into the ocean. And that's another area. So when we're working the coast, which you saw, we work right on the coast on the beach. That's polluted. That whole area is a beautiful – I don't surf, but I've been led to believe that's one right. of the best surfing areas in California. There's nobody there. And it's also a training area, too, for the Navy. The Navy right. SEALs train in that area. And but not now. They're because impacted by it, yes. Right. There's times they can't and this, and this is despite the fact that uh, the U.S. taxpayers spent three or $400 million to build a sewage treatment plant in Mexico to try to deal with the, the, the problem. 
Right. Over the years, the U.S. government has tried to work with the Mexican government in building a plant on their side, treating their sewage on our side, all of these things together. But at the same time, like you said, you go to one of the most, what should be prime real estate, one of the most beautiful beaches in California, and nobody's there. You know there's a problem. And you said this is not a new problem. You guys, as a union, actually sued the U.S. government because you had agents that were affected by this, what, a a decade ago? Yes. So the first lawsuit, they sued... Everybody realized, okay, this is a this is a no brainer, pretty much. Yes, the testing proves that there are toxics, there are chemicals in the water, and our agents have to go through. Besides it. poo, besides that's the that's the that's least the, of their worries. Right, you right. got you got uh, chemicals coming from these plants that yes. are anywhere from heavy metals, possibly all the way up biologicals to, to it all bi- the, biologicals. You mean hospital waste? Correct. See, let's use let's let's let's. Get the red meat out there so people understand not only do the agents have to work in potentially lethal conditions dealing with these knuckleheads that come across the border that could be terrorists, cartel members, or hardened criminals that have both a record in the United States as well as Mexico. You guys have to trudge through toxic waste in order to do your jobs. Yes. So tell us about this lawsuit. And so the lawsuit went through all the went through all the courts and it was finally found that yes. It is toxic, which everybody knew. Yes, it is a dangerous place to work. It is a hardship condition. So they actually did pay off. Part of the settlement was that, okay, don't work in that area. That will provide you with what you need to protect you if you have to go in that area, but don't go in it. We're talking about the Tijuana River Basin that is what you're there to protect, and they're saying don't go there? Right. So so I'll clarify that. So <laughs> they, they were the saying the Tijuana River, don't go into it. We'll never tell you to go into it. Okay, we can kind of work around that, but as right. I showed you, the area impacted now is much larger. It's not just the Tijuana River and, right. and the banks of the Tijuana River. It's coming through what I showed you was Yogurt Canyon, Goat Canyon, Smuggler's Gulch, Stewart's Bridge area. So all those areas now are bisecting our area. So it's becoming almost, if, if you're going to tell us don't work in that area like you did in the, law, the last lawsuit, then we won't be patrolling the border. So you've got toxic waste that has been flowing into this country for what? What would you, how, how long do you think this has been going on? 40 years. Forty four decades, forty years. You've got toxic waste. On where's to- the Sierra Club? Where's where's all these right? Yeah, groups? where's Greenpeace? Come on. So so that's that's a concern of mine. <laughs> I, I'm going to try to reach out to Sierra Club. But I, I would say, and I've said this, that if the Navy had done this down in San Diego Bay, Greenpeace would probably have a ship there blockading the Navy. So we're working with some wild coast. Uh, but the larger groups, as you mentioned, Sierra Club and Greenpeace, strangely silent about this problem because they're partisan Democrats. And they value, and they place, and you don't have to agree with this. They put <laughs> open border and illegal immigration ahead of their stated environmental mission. I'll stipulate that for some reason they don't feel that this is a problem that they Amazing. should be involved in. There's a lot more to this story. We're going to continue talking about the illegal immigrant that's crossing our border, has been crossing this border for 40 years. No one knows about it. And there are other ramifications, including risk to the San Diego water supply. We're going to talk about that next on the United IE Radio Show after a break from our sponsor. Our sponsor for this half is All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. 
Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Program. We are very fortunate to have in-studio guests that are giving us a glimpse into what life in the Border Patrol is like down in the San Diego sector. We're talking to Terrence Shig. He's the president of the National Border Patrol Council. And Christopher Harris, who's the director of Legislative Public Affairs, also with the National Border Patrol Council. Gentlemen, thank you again for being with us. We were just talking about the illegal immigrant that's crossing the border that no one knows, this toxic sludge that has been infecting the Tijuana River Basin for the better part of four decades that your agents have to work in breathe this air is because when 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 it's not wet the dust is coming up and so they're breathing in whatever the residue is from this toxic waste um in order to clean this up are we talking that this potentially could be a toxic superfund site and is that why our alphabet soup of agencies on this side of the border are playing dodgeball with this issue i i would suggest that one of the things they don't really test for is chemicals. Okay. So they're always testing for E. coli, which is bad enough, but they don't test for chemicals. We're working on pushing different groups to test for chemicals now. And and one of my theories is that if it came out that these chemicals are going into that sewage treatment plant down in South Bay, and then it's pumping it out three miles in the outflow, that would be illegal. That would be violating all kinds of federal laws because it doesn't treat for chemicals. So I think they don't want to really know or haven't wanted to know until recently wow. that there's these chemicals. This is so huge. I see nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> this is so huge. And w- during the lawsuit that Terry was talking about earlier, p- a part of the evidence was a, was a pair of boots that an agent had just bought, chased down a bad guy, gone through some of this effluent that you guys kindly call it, this toxic waste sludge, and his boots decomposed in two days. That was part of the evidence that you uh, submitted. I'm going to correct you. It was actually decomposed literally within minutes of coming out of the water. Oh, my God. So we took a picture of and it. And we're talking military-grade, hard rubber. Danner boots. Dan. Wow. And so they proved that we have to buy them through a certain source. They, they were able to show they were brand new. You talk about this so calmly. How could, I mean, if I were you guys, I would be just crawling out of my skin about this. You know, you deal with it for a long time. You, you kind of know it's bad. You don't know how bad it is. And then you start finding out gradually how bad it is. It's like the lobster in water. It's slowly heating. You don't know it. So I think our guys, I don't want to say acclimated, but it's just part of the job to them. And we're oh my God. It's not part of the job. You know, we understand there's inherent dangers in law enforcement. We try to minimize them. Being shot at, we—I know I've been shot at three times. It, it's part of the job. Being being people try to physically assault you, but it's not part of our job description to work in a toxic or chemical waste. Exactly. Area. And I remember the story you're talking about Stewart's Bridge, which had to be moved. What? How long ago? So that was several years ago, and and that was another exhibit in the in the lawsuit was. They, they had the National Guard come in, and they were going to tear it down and rebuild a new one. And this is a bridge, just to clarify, this is a bridge right physically on the border over one of these drainage channels where exactly. the toxic waste comes through. It's one of the bigger ones, right? Yes. And it's right near that sewage treatment plant. Yes. And so that that 
bridge, if you will, was over this channel. It was about 30 yards wide or so. And, I mean, it's filled with garbage. It's an ugly, ugly ice. I mean, you can't even imagine what this place looks like just under normal conditions. But this is one of the locations where for days upon end, you'll have this colored fluid that will flow through there. And stench. And stench without any uh, rain. This is not rainwater runoff. This is sewage. You had to move the bridge. What happened? What what happened when you were moving the bridge? So when they went to move the bridge, the engineers, the, the U.S. Army, tested the soil and the area around it and found it was so polluted, so toxic, that we saw they set up tents that were decontamination tents with the decontamination showers. But they also had their guys. For who? For the National Guard. For the guard that was working on moving the bridge. For, for those gentlemen. So they had decontamination tents for the people doing the construction. What about your guys? Well, in, in addition, they were wearing full, basically, environmental <laughs> hazard suits. And so we had this great picture of the, the Border Patrol agent standing there nonchalantly leaning against his Border Patrol vehicle right next to these guys who were in full biohazard, basically, suits. And it was like, this is what we're working in. This is how our guys are equipped, just a basic uniform. And this is what the National Guard decided to keep their guys safe. They need to have them work it. And the lawsuit that you guys won said, if you do have to go in there, wear rubber gloves. So we're provided basically, <laughs> the, the, you know, the surgical gloves. And, 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 and they give us alcohol gel. I don't mean to laugh, yeah. but this is, this is insanity. And they give us alcohol gel. Don't forget the alcohol What's gel. that for? To drink so that you can forget your problems? I don't know. What, what do you do with the alcohol gel? I, I used it one time. I was searching a guy, and I had gloves on, but he, he, he was covered with that black, oily stuff. And it got on my arms, and I doused it off with the alcohol gel. And within seconds, I had uh, rashes. Um, my supervisor sent me to the hospital, and I had to be treated uh, topically wow. and, and internal medicine for to get rid of it. Right. But like Chris says, our guys are so used to these things that they just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, um, but that's no excuse for this story not to right. get out. That's no excuse for the legislators right. that are you know over this area not to be aware of it, not to be doing something. It's no excuse for the. I mean, we give the EPA a bad rap. I mean, but this is what the EPA is supposed to be doing. Well, right. you, you just ha- you have to understand. That the, the federal government does not want to enforce the immigration laws. They do not want to secure the border for a variety of reasons, political and economic. And the fact that they are understaffed, the fact they have to work in those type of conditions, the fact that they have 1960s era night vision equipment when there's a modern equipment sitting in storage at the nearby naval base evidences all this, that the government, at least until, until President Trump, does not want to enforce our immigration laws and does not want to secure the border. And wants to wants to make our guys work in an intolerable, uh, deathly situation. Do you guys have any? I mean, is there any record of you know guys that when they retire they get you know some kind of bizarre cancer or disease, life threatening stuff that this stuff takes a while to show up? Yeah, and that's something that we've been recognizing more and more, and that's kind of where. I was going with it is the fact that we get so used to it that our guys don't report it. But later on in life, things do come up. We've recently had guys that are starting to come down with uh, with cancer. And oh we've at my checkpoint had guys come, various guys come up with cancer. They've recently connected one of several of those possibly, and I can't say for sure, but possibly with the use of some of the equipment that we use to scan some of the vehicles with. So in Texas, there's at least eight agents that had been documented with documented with cancer that have operated these machines and they've been doing this for years oh, so these things from the toxic sludge that we go through and work in from working in situations with radioactive material from working in the mountains for working with uh, radios that don't work our guys have 
prevailed and continue to do it. But that's, I mean, that's just. I see the recruiting. The I see the recruiting commercials right now. Come work for the border <laughs> patrol. <laughs> see new exciting yeah. sights. <laughs> Fecal yeah. matter floating past. Yeah, I mean, geez, who's gonna? You know, yeah. this is. Uh, God bless the men and women that do go to work to keep us safe at the border and, and have to work in this condition. I, I just want to ask to add on that our guys are afraid now that they're realizing what they're working in that they're taking it home with them. Right. They go home covered in mud yep. and their boots and they're taking it home with them. Um, and, and they're bringing, and it's not just the men and women who patrol the border, the, the agents. So our mechanics work on our vehicles. Right. And now we hose them off, which we just had an EPA guy say, that's horrible. You're aerosolizing that. And the guy mechanics are working in that stuff underneath the vehicle. So it's more than just the agents, the other members of our union that are contaminated by this. We're going to talk. Uh, we've got another segment coming up. We're going to continue the conversation with our guests from the U.S. Border Patrol and the uh, National Border Patrol Council after a message from our sponsor and let you know who else is coming across the border. All-star collision device take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the most important radio show for the most important office, that of private citizen. Again, we're uh, visiting with Terrence Sheik. He's the president of the National Border Patrol Council and Christopher Harris, director and legislative affairs, uh, political affairs officer for the National Border Patrol Council. We have covered a lot of territory with you guys. We could probably spend another hour, but there are two issues that we want to make sure we get our listeners in the queue on. One is you don't just stop Mexican drug cartel people from coming across the border. There's other than what they call OTMs, other than Mexicans that cross the border. And then also we got the sanctuary city bubbling up here issue in California, SB 54. Who else do you guys find crossing the border down in the Tijuana sector? So, I mean, we, we get a lot, as you said, motives. And what that means is just other than Mexicans. That's an actual term we use in our reports. Uh, we get a tremendous amount from El Salvador. Okay. Uh, and one of the things with MS-13. MS-13 uh, and, and others. Uh, one of the things is that they'll claim, for the longest time, they were claiming credible fear, that they were trying to not go through the immigration system, but go through the uh, political asylum system. Okay. But what we see a lot of times when they first tell you what they're coming here for, the first words out of their mouth, we say, why are you coming here? Is I'm looking for a job. And we'll tell them, well, that's, that's the immigration system, so you're going to be out of luck. Oh, and the gangs. So where are you going? Oakland. <laughs> and then you laugh and go, well, you know, and I kid sometimes. I go, I think people from Oakland are leaving and going to El Salvador to get away from the gangs. So <laughs> we, we know that they've abused the system. Uh, with the political asylum, and that was a problem. It's trending down a little bit. Okay. But we get these people from various countries. We get a ton of people from Nepal, or they're claiming to be Nepalese, but we believe they're actually Pakistani males that are coming to this country. We've had coming from Mali, Malawi, Senegal. Uh, we get a lot from China, Fujian province. 
a lot from Vietnam. Well, the Vietnamese don't usually come across the border. They come across in various other means. But those groups are coming through the border at a fair good, a fairly good rate. The 19 hijackers that uh, took down the World Trade Center overstayed their visas. Uh, a pro- do, you, do you see anybody from the Middle East, Saudi nationals? So, or- so the visa problem is a whole thing. We spent an hour on that. That's becoming a huge problem. Visa overstays. But uh, I think it was two years ago, uh, Congressman French Hill, he's a Republican from Arkansas, a really good guy, came out here to hear firsthand what was going on in the border. And uh, earlier that day, I'd been at the station, and the uh, one of my processing agents gave me an ID card. He said, Chris, I think you'll find this interesting. Uh, one of the cleaning women found it in the cells today. And it was from that day. And when they come across, they sterilize them, the, the, the cartels, the smuggling organizations. But they usually keep one piece of their old ID with them, and they then get scared, and they throw it in the garbage. And what it was was a Saudi-issued picture government ID card. Mm. And, and the scary part, or the, the things that should make everybody nervous, was when we looked – at the log of everybody who had been processed that day in that cell, nobody had claimed to be from Saudi Arabia. They all claimed to be from Nepal or other countries. So you have an individual in this country who's from Saudi Arabia and did not want us to know that. You have to ask yourself why. And if that doesn't make you a little nervous, I don't know what will. Makes me a lot nervous. Sanctuary cities, is that a big issue for you guys? Yes, that's definitely a big issue for us, especially in California with this SB 54 that's going through the legislation right now. Even though the law enforcement communities there are members and groups that are speaking out against it. There are still some, uh, I believe the LAPD that are still, their command staff is speaking for it. And that's just, a, that's all around bad business. We're talking about the 9-11 hijackers. We've learned that we need to communicate. We need to work together. And that's something that's going to disable that. That makes it impossible for us to work with the communities, to work with the different agencies so that we can get those who are in custody and have ICE come and pick them up and get them out of the country. You guys need equipment. we got sanctuary cities. we got toxic waste. What can our listeners do to help get the word out um, and, and help you guys with these things? Look, we're trying to depoliticize border security. So what they can do, and I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on, your spectrum of beliefs, you can call your local congressman, your local, even your senator, and say, look, we want you to do what they need to do to secure the border to keep us safe. It has nothing to do with immigration per se. That's a whole other conversation. Right. But they can call their local congressman and say, hey, fund them. In our last eight seconds, I just can't say thank you enough for both joining us on the on the radio show and for everything you're doing to try to keep our country safe against uh, the political opposition of <laughs> the leadership. Thank, thank you. you. Great to be with you. Tune in next week for another edition of the United Inland Empire radio program at 4 o'clock on Saturdays. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.